0: Well, again, good morning, everybody. I'm Jeff. I'm one of the pastors. And I, um, let's pray together as we come to God's word. Let's put our hands out in our posture of receptivity. Father, this is us telling you that we long to hear from you this morning as we've received uh, so far the worship leading into your presence, the time of reflection and, and honesty and confession and submission around where we're at right now and how we need to put ourselves under your care and your forgiveness and your uh, transforming power. And how we heard from Ben on um, Psalm 97 as well. We heard from Marlene on Psalm 91. Father God, we come now to hear the preached word, and we're asking that you pour out from heaven what we need to hear. Our hands are outstretched as a symbol that we want to hear from you, and that we don't want to miss what you have for us this morning, God. So bring whatever word, whatever encouragement, whatever training, whatever um, correction that I need to hear. I don't want to leave here the same as I came. And so speak your word, God, for your servants are listening. If that's your prayer, say amen. 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 Well, again, it's so good to see uh, some folks in the lobby. I'm going to preach to humans. It's so good. Hi, humans. Look at you guys. Well, I said lobby. They're not in the lobby. They signed up for the lobby and they ended up being able to come inside. We figured out a way to do that. So if you're going to sign up for in-person worship, you can uh, either be in here with us. uh, They're distanced and masked or you can stay in the lobby and and also have it on the Zoom experience out there. But we're really glad you guys are all here. Well, we're doing the series called The Ugly Within. And, um, you know, we thought it was going to be a little bit tongue in cheek and kind of funny to do something called The Ugly Within, but we've all resonated with it more than we want to admit. And, you know, the idea here is that we are rescued and saved and forgiven people, which is such great news, but the flesh still puts up a good fight. And so when it does, and we give into that flesh, when we give into living in ungodly ways, that's called sin. And the result of sin is death and mayhem and destruction of relationships, of our relationship with God, of um, so much of who we were made to be. And it's not the life that we were longing for. And so that's, we're sort of talking about, all right, so then how can we pursue uh, a life that will beat back that ugly and live into who we really are um, in Jesus? Well, here's a surprise ugly. uh, And it may be a surprise because I want to talk about worry. I want to talk about worry and I want to talk about anxiety. I want to talk about the what ifs, because the truth is we all deal with that. We all deal with, all right, so what if this happens and what if that happens? And we all live in worry and anxiety. It washes over us sometimes without us even knowing that that, uh, it's going to be happening. I don't know about you, but I tend to wake up in the morning early and man, just the rush, right, of worry and anxiety that comes over. The what if this and what if that Now, it might surprise you that it's on this list because we can't quite control that, right? We can't control our feelings. It's like, don't think about a pink elephant. Oh, you did it. There you go, right? I mean, there's nothing we can do to sort of control the fact that that comes at us, that we do have fears that come at us. We do have waves of anxiety. And so that's so true for all of us. I I don't want anyone to feel like what I'm going to say here is that if you feel anxiety, then you're sinning. That's not what that's about. But no, the ugly comes, and this is why it's part of maybe a surprise like ugly, because when the ugly comes, when we take our worry, we take our what-ifs, and listen, we decide to live like God isn't in it, like God isn't real. That's what godlessness is. That's what sin is, that we live like God isn't real. And so I don't want you to miss this, that the feeling of worry, the feeling of of anxiety, the feeling of fear, that's not sin. In fact, hey, parenthetically, many, many, many of us are well acquainted with the fact that we've got, we struggle with anxiety because of our chemicals, because of maybe because of trauma we've experienced in the past. Like that is not sin. Do you hear me? Everybody hear me? It's the ugliness is that when we take that worry that then, and insist on living in a godless state, it's what do we do with that anxiety? What do we do with that worry? I think this is consistent with the scriptures. Don't want you to miss it. I want to ask you, what, what's a what if you're living with right now? What's an anxiety? What's a worry? What's a fear that you even maybe woke up today thinking about. I just wanna pause and have you identify something. Let's do that reflection piece, right? What's something you're carrying? Like how are you? Where are you? What's, what's something you're carrying? And as you think about it, listen, you, I hope you're not gonna be embarrassed by the fact that it might be something really small. It might be something that feels sort of incons- insignificant to you. Um, And it might be really embarrassing that you're like, I have no reason to be feeling that worry or that fear. Or it might be one of the biggies that many of us carry around. But whatever that thing is, I want you just, even in this introductory moment, I want you to think about like, that's me again. That's that weird thing that I do. I don't know if you could hear that on your end, but I have like this static electricity that goes through that I choose to believe is the power of the Holy Spirit at work. It is so weird that that happens to me. Um, What if you pictured the Lord Jesus standing with you carrying that thing right now? Because that's godliness. That's God with us. That's the opposite of godlessness. So this morning, this morning's sermon is about the godless worry. Not about worry itself, but about godless worry. And I want to read a text that, um, that we're going to pull just a, kind of a three-step sort of process to work through how do we m- ensure that this anxiety, this worry doesn't move into the ugly, but that it is filled with the presence of God. So after we read this text. So this text is from the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew chapter 6. We're going to have it on the screen here to begin with, but you may want it in your Bible um, as well because we're going to keep coming back to it. Oh, it's kind of fun when I'm seeing some of the folks on the side. Hey, Jim Gustafson. Love you, brother. Glad you're there. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Love you. Always want to give my mom a shout out. Uh, Jens Hoy. Hi. And Joyce and Ray. Love you guys. Okay. Uh, Stephanie and Chuck. Hi, everybody. Oh man. It's so good to see you guys. Okay. Are you turning in your Bibles or are you waving at me? Seriously? Okay. That was awesome. All right. um, Matthew chapter six, starting in verse, what do I have it in? Starting in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus's words. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Oh, by the way, when you hear the scripture say, therefore, what, is, what do you have to do? You've got to go see what he's been talking about up above. And we're not going to have time for that today. So that's on you. That's your homework, okay? But what he's talking about up above is wh- who do you serve? Where is, where is your hope anchored in? To whom do you belong? And he specifically said, is it stuff, things, money, or is it in me? Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And can anyone uh, uh, of you, <laughs> by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the, the, the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor has dressed like one, is dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O oh you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, those who don't know God, run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Now, come on, can I, is that not the top 10 scriptures? I mean, it just, that's just, it's like Jesus is reading our mail that he knows that that's how we're going to be and that we're going to wrestle. And most of us, listen, we're not talking about, you know, I'm worried about my clothes, that, oh boy, I'm not all fashionable. That's not what that means. This is about God taking care of us or not. That's what it comes down to. And so I want to talk about this threefold um, way of sort of entering into this um, potential ugly where we could live god lessly around worry and anxiety. So three, three, three ways to, to, to walk through this. First, let's ask. Let's ask, what am I worried about? And this is, I feel like this is, is embedded in this text, this idea. So what am I worried about and why? Like, what would I really need to be concerned about and why. This is part of that reflection and that honesty piece, you guys. Like, what's going on in me? Like, what am I worried about? What's happening here? Am I worried that people are going to like me? Am I worried that I'm going to go hungry? Am I worried that I'm going to die alone? Am I worried that I'm going to be lonely? Am I Like, what am I worried about? This is why we want to be people that reflect and are honest about it, because there's some noble worries. I want to leave a legacy. There's some, and, 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 and there's some sinful worries, which is I, I want everybody to think I'm amazing. Um, and so what is happening in me? They feel very visceral and very real, these worries, these what ifs, but examining them, listen, they really are theological in nature. They're, they're, they're spiritual in nature. And I think um, when we ask this, I want to make two little subpoints here. And that is that we, we want to ask, we have two core fears, I believe, that comes out in all of our worries. I think somehow that all of our worries, and you got yours in mind? What do you, what's your what if this morning? All of those things that we worry about, there's two core fears that are really spiritual and theological. Here's the first core fear. And it's that God won't care for me, care about me, or can't. And the reason he can't is because maybe he doesn't even exist. There's a core fear that God's not really going to care about me. And it might be because he may not be real. And it also might be that we feel like he's too far away. He's too busy. He's too maybe of an impersonal force to be able to care for me. And so when we hear people say, oh, Jesus loves you, it feels meaningless because we think to ourselves, well, I'm not even sure God's there, he's not present. And I'm not even sure that if he's present, he, he cares about my particular world. And then there's even a further level that some of us, when we really reflect on it and we wonder if God's really there to care for us, it's because we really think deep down that quite possibly he's just a little tired of me and my shenanigans. He's a little done with me. Because that's how people have treated us our whole lives. That they have patience and love to a point, And then they're done. That's why we hide all of our imperfections from one another. But we believe that maybe about God. And there's this core fear that he won't care for me. He doesn't care about me and my circumstances. But these core fears, all of our worries, you guys, are usually um, embedded in a skewed view of God they tend to be lies. And they're lies from the pit of hell, by the way, because the enemy wants to come and destroy you. But if you look at the text, the text brings us the truth. Look at verse, just verse 26 in the text. I've got it up on the screen, underlined there. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. And look at the underline. Are you not much more valuable are you not much more valuable than them? If God can care and attend to the details of all of the little birds and, the, and, and they're not human doing what you need to do to stay alive and God's taken care of them, what about your value? You see, the lie is he's just not present in my life in some way, but the truth is he is there and he delights in you and he's very close to what you're going through and it matters to him very much. You know, that's why we get together and sing and celebrate songs like, you know, all my life you've been faithful. Come on now, who, who had a little touch inside your heart in that moment that you're like, I need, to, I need to remember that. All my life you've been faithful. You've been so good to me. Like, let me remember that because the lie is, mm. he's far away and he's not paying attention to my life. Can you picture him right now in your what if? Can you picture him sitting with you going, so listen, that thing, having enough money for retirement? Listen, I'm carrying this with you. I'm going to provide for you. You're going to lean on me. I see. I know what you have. I know what you think is ahead. I know what your fears are. Can you sit with him with this thought of, I don't want to I don't wanna be worried about my kids and how well they're gonna do, but, but I am all day long, I care and, and I'm concerned. Can you sit with Jesus and have him say, oh, listen, I'm closer to your daughter than you are. And I know her every thought and her every longing and her every day from now until the time that I take her home, like I know the whole story and I'm walking with her, right? Can you picture rehearsing these truths? He is very in it with you, church. So one core fear is he doesn't care about me, he's far away, but the truth is he's here and he's present. Are you not not much more valuable than those little birds? The second core fear that I see related to in this scripture is, or God won't meet my needs. Like there's this very real thing, and this is, ready? This is about not having enough. I don't have enough. There's not going to be enough for me. There's a scarcity thing that's built into us. I'm not going to have what I need and or that somehow whatever he brings is going to, there's going to be something he's going to allow something, something devastating or, or uncomfortable at least into my realm. And I don't really want that. And I'm just not sure that I'm going to be able to get through it or that, it's gonna, that God's going to be um, meeting my needs in those things. Again, what a skewed way of looking at the world that somehow we're going to be either not have enough or be led into something where it's going to be difficult for us and that we're not going to have enough to get through the difficulty. Look back at the, the text in verse 31 and 32. So do not worry saying, what should we eat or drink or what should we wear? That's that, all of that. Those questions are about like, I, am I going to have enough for life? Verse 32, for the pagans run after all these things. Throw that back up there for me again, Kat. I want them to see that for the pagans. Pagans is a word for people who don't know anything about the goodness of this God that we serve. People who don't know God run after these things, but your heavenly Father, what? Say it with me, everyone, knows that you need them. God knows. The lie is, He's not going to take care of me. I'm not going to have enough. But the truth is, He sees you and knows exactly what you need. He knows it better than you, and He will bring life to you. Life beyond what you would ever be able to provide for yourself. So you see these core fears. This is just the first part of asking. We're going to be asking, so what's happening in me? What what are my fears? And let me address that they're theological. They're about my relationship with God. And the beginning of beating back the ugly is to realize, no, God is in this. It's not God less worry. It's God filling all of our thoughts and questions about whether he loves us, and will be with us, and will meet our needs. It's God-filled worry is not sin. That's not ugly. Man, living into the lie, though, that God isn't present, that starts getting ugly because that's death and destruction everywhere. That's living in scarcity. That's living in in using people and loving things. That's about looking out for yourself. That's about giving off a sense of a a lack of peace to everyone around you, including your children who are looking for security, but you don't feel secure because you believe God's not going to meet your needs. I mean, it's death and mayhem everywhere we look. That's what that sin does. That's what Godlessness looks like. But we invite God into it. So we ask, what am I worried about and why? Let me invite God into it. And after we ask that, then second, we seek the Lordship of Jesus above all things. So, first we've asked him, What am I worried about? And then we seek the Lord Jesus above all things. You see this in the text, verse 32 and 33. Again, let's look at it. For the pagans run after all these things. People who don't know God, they are on their own, right? But you're not, right? Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom, seek the Lordship of Jesus. What does this look like? What does this mean? What does it look like to be a kingdom seeker? And it's very brief and it's a a lifelong endeavor and and a lot with a lot of complexities, but very briefly and very simply, it doesn't even have to to start any more complex than this. Being a kingdom seeker is moving toward Jesus being your king that he would have his rule and his reign over your life and that you would come under his care and his leading. Does that make sense? you would move toward Jesus being your king. And so he would rule and he would reign and he would lead you and you would respond to his authority and his leading in your life. That we would settle the issue, that I will follow him down the road, and therefore wherever down the road goes doesn't that sound like a, a, a Bible passage? Of, and then he followed Jesus down the road. Where? He didn't know where he's going, but he followed him down the road, so he settled the issue that he would do that, and when he followed Jesus, then at the end, wherever that road not at the end, sorry, on the journey, wherever that journey takes she, him, her, that there would be enough. And more than enough, there would be life and life at its fullest because that Jesus knows what we need. So this is that confession and submission part to our four step process, you know, that we've been talking about of, of reflection and honesty and confession and submission. Because when we confess, I don't want my own way of doing life. I want what you bring. Then we submit to him and he brings his will. And we've now exchanged our plan for our lives with his plan for our lives. And so we're not worrying about whether I have enough or whether I can make life happen. We've instead said, no, God brings life. And that's that third step, that we would receive the life he's giving. So we'd ask, what am I worried about? We'd seek the lordship of Jesus, and then we would receive the life that he brings. If you look back at that same text we just looked at, I don't want you to miss this. We'd see all oh, there's such, such good things. Your heavenly father knows that you need these things. Then verse 33, so seek first the kingdom of Jesus, Right? And then look at that, that part that I've underlined. Everything else will be given. Oh, come on now. Somebody give me an amen for that. Everything else will come. Everything else that we need will come from him. Now, I'm looking out, it and 50% of us don't believe it. I can see it. Right, though? It's so hard to get our heads around that idea because our worries are so visceral. They feel so strongly embedded in our psyche that we're not going to get what we need. We're not going to be okay. But he says, look it, I know what you need and I'm going to bring it and it's life at its fullest. And so now receive that. All these things will be given to you as well. These other things, by the way, they're going to be gifts then. They're not going to be what you deserve. They're not going to be what you worked for. They're not going to be what you manipulated into place. They're not what you going to be what you schemed for. They're not what you, that you weren't smart enough to duck and dodge and hide and, and run and, and manipulate. Like you didn't make this happen. What we need is given to us by Jesus as a gift because we've said, you're my king. And I submit to you. The kingdom life, the life that we've been looking for all along is kingdom life. It's his full life, and it will be given to us. I think this is maybe why, what the second best passage around worry was trying to teach us that Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 4. Look at it again with fresh eyes. It's so familiar, but let's look at these words together. Ephesians 4. Philippians 4, sorry. So do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation... Praying, right? Asking God with thanksgiving, because he's been so good all along, bring all this stuff to God. Verse seven, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. That's godly worry that we come and submit ourselves to him and he brings life that we need. And the peace of God that transcends our understanding will guard our hearts and our minds. Who needs that today? Somebody need that today? This is what Jesus brings to us when we, and put those four things up their Cap, when we reflect, what am, I, what am I worried about? And be honest, this is skewed view of God. And confess, I don't want to make and find life myself but I wanna submit myself to the kingdom to seek first his kingdom, the kingness of Jesus in my life and allow him to bring everything as a gift that I need, knowing that he knows everything that I need. Friends, this is not easy to have happen in your life. You have to work through the truth and beat back the ugly to live in this godly way. And so we rehearse the truth over and over and over again. That's why we stay in the word. That's why we sing these songs. That's why we preach the truth. That's why we remind ourselves, oh, he is God and I'm not, and he's good. And when I bring to him my worry and my what ifs, he'll bring life. And that's what I've been longing for all along anyway. And so as we even move forward this morning in worship, Would you rehearse these truths with us? That he's been good all along and that there's no need for us to be godless in our worry. Let's worship him and thank him and invite him in.